Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. Uh, we're going to continue um, in our series at this point. Um, our series is called the, the Songs We Sing. And today's song that we're going to be looking at is The Blessing. And when I think of The Blessing, uh, one of the first thing that comes to mind uh, was around this time last year when we did a special service. It was uh, a Sunday evening service, uh, but instead of having it here, we thought, why don't we do it on the top of a mountain and live stream that? and choose the warmest day of the year for it. So they, we had 15, 16 people um, going kind of through the woods, making their way up the trails, and somehow they made it work. It's still a mystery to me how they did it. Uh, but that evening finished with this song. And I remember that the drones going around, we had the sunset, and it was uh, this beautiful picture of God's blessing in a time where, where we had felt um, isolated and we didn't maybe see that blessing as clearly. Now, I invite you to check that out if you haven't seen that or you weren't part of that service. Uh, but at this time, I want you to open up your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6. We're going to be reading Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. Numbers chapter 6. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So while uh, living in Israel, uh, one of the benefits, uh, one of the unique experiences that I had was being able to study under people who were world-renowned in their fields. And I got to study under Gabby Barkai, the Gabriel Barkai. I'm sure um, it, by the looks of your faces, we're not that impressed. He's this guy right here. Um, he's one of the, the famous archaeologists. He discovered something called the Katif Hinnom inscriptions. That might not sound super impressive, um, but these are, this is perhaps one of the most impressive archeo biblical archaeological finds in history. Uh, it looks like this. It's a small little silver amulet. And in studying it, they figured that these would have been worn around people's necks, kind of as, as a necklace. And Something that they did at time, they didn't just leave it as this wonderful find of a little amulet, they unrolled it, and they found out that it was a scroll. And they didn't have the technology at the time, this was in the 60s, but 
a number of decades later, they were able to take high contrast photos of it and, and find little scratches on it that actually were Hebrew letters. And within that was this verse that we find here, the blessing found in Numbers chapter 6. This was an incredibly important find because it helped establish how ancient these words really are. Dating back, or the scroll, represents the oldest um, wording of scripture found, uh, dates back to possibly the 7th century, at least the 6th century BC. Uh, these scrolls were found in an archaeological dig about th a three-minute walk from my dorm, or, or where I, I had lived for uh, three or four months. And this would help stimulate the imagination, knowing that the people that wore these amulets around their neck would have seen the same sort of sights. They would have had the same landscape and horizon. There are a few curious aspects about these amulets. For one, the scroll was not meant to be read. You, you can't take silver and just kind of unroll it whenever you want. Uh, and the writing was probably too small anyways for people to see. The writing was kept safe within it. It was as though they just wanted to carry these words of blessing with them, that they would have these words near their heart. They wanted the reminder of the assurance of God's blessing near their heart. And, and as we would reflect on life 2,700 years ago, we could see some common ground in this longing there is something about this passage that they chose to write down in silver and have it hang on their hearts, and it spoke towards this deep longing of the human heart for blessing. The first point for today goes in that direction, that it speaks towards a longing of the whole world. The world longs for blessing. If you fast forward nearly 3,000 years since those little silver amulets were produced, we have the same words speaking very powerfully today. This was proven through a song that grew in popularity during the pandemic. I, I don't know if this picture brings any memories for you, but there was a time in my life where this filled news feeds. I got texts with this uh, video attached to it or videos like it, where people from their varied homes submitted videos to make a virtual choir. And there were ones in particular that gathered people from across the world in countries far, far away that we joined our voices in unity, that we brought us together in harmony in a place where we felt so disconnected and so fragmented and away from each other. This song ended up getting millions of views. People longed to hear these words of blessing. If we look at the words of the song, we'll find that they have numbers 20, or 6, verse 24 to 26, quoted exactly. It begins in speaking the words of Scripture, rooted in God's Word. And the next part was inspired by Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. This says, We know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant love 
to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. This is an affirmation both of God's blessing, but also of God's favor. And, and this struck a chord with people. Uh, millions of views. It spoke towards something deep written in the human heart, and that's this longing for blessing. In a time where so much felt like judgment, we had words of blessing. In a time where things felt disordered, where so many of our practices were being thrown out, we have this promise of being kept. The Lord bless you and keep you that we are guarded and that we are being protected. In a season where it might have been hard to spot blessing, we have these simple words singing what scripture had laid out for us and brought us hope. And this context would have been very familiar to the original context for Numbers 6. If we look at the original context, these are people at the base of Sinai. That's the the beginning of the book of Numbers happens in that context. And Sinai is in the middle of a wilderness. This is part of Israel's journey through the wilderness. And the wilderness is an important word there. Because when we think of wilderness, we might think of just going outside, maybe going for a hike and, and into the wilderness, and we have the green trees and beautiful ferns and, and nice little slopes. Uh, but th- that's not the wilderness that Israel was experiencing in this passage. So I have some pictures. Um, I was in Sinai back in 2019, um, and this is a picture from uh, the remembered location for Mount Sinai from the top. It is a not-so-pleasant wilderness. You can see how dry the landscape is. Another picture from the beginning of our hike, having to walk up there. Most of our hike was done uh, the late hours of the night with headlamps on so that we were missing the heat there. It's a mountainous region with little to no rainfall, and even in the spaces where there are plains and it's easier to navigate, there's not much vegetation. The Sinai Peninsula is just in general a very dry, inhospitable place. The original audience of these words of blessing, we remember the context that it was in wilderness. These are people that just escaped slavery and they find themselves in the harsh realities of the desert. So kind of like people in the pandemic, they are facing uncertainty. And it might cause us to question how we approach this text and wonder what sorts of wildernesses we have in our lives. You can imagine the very different forms of wilderness that are out there. And the priests are given these words to say to the people. They begin with the words, the Lord bless you and keep you. They are to be blessed and to be kept. They are to be preserved. They are to know that they are loved. Now, looking at the blessing, I first want to make a note of what it is not. So the the Israelites are in this wilderness, and what they do not receive is an explanation to why they are in the wilderness. It's also not a step-by-step instruction of how to get out. 
It's not just a road map for getting out of the wilderness here. It's three short lines, and each speaks the same blessing, just in slightly different ways. All of them point towards the sense that God is for them, and that is sufficient for them moving forward. If the blessing is true, if God is truly for them, blessing them, then they don't need to know the step-by-step plan. God will bless them and keep them. These are words that are familiar to us. Um, They're often introduced with the words, uh, this is what the blessing is. It's God's word spoken through the preacher to you. Uh, Those are words that are not original to me. Uh, I first heard them by Pastor Daryl Delaney out in Grand Rapids, and I'm sure they might not be original to him either. But they stuck with me because they, they seem very fitting for what the blessing is. It makes it clear that this is first and foremost God's word spoken to you. The passage begins, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. This is spoken from God. The passage begins with the command from God for the priest to speak these words. And what was meaningful in the wilderness wasn't just that they had some spiritual leaders that could say the right things. But the priest would speak these words on God's behalf and as God's representatives. It lets the listeners know God's intention of blessing. It's not just because of any special qualities that the priest or the pastor has that makes this moment special, but on the basis that God commissions the blessing. They were to perform the blessing with the assurance that God's intention was to bless the people God gives this to a world longing to be blessed. The second point here is God's blessing anticipates the gospel. We we get a foretaste of the gospel in this blessing right here. So humanity was was, was created to experience blessing. This is at the core of who we are, through the world and through God, through others. The creation story tells of a God who, um, in Genesis chapter 1, repeatedly calls the creation good, and twice throughout the creation account, God gives his blessing on this creation. We are to live in the creation then as people experiencing this blessing, And we experience these joys and blessings and offer it back up to God as praise. It's central to who we are. And it points towards a reason for that longing. The world longs for blessing because this was weaved into the very fabric of God's creation. This is part of it. The world as it should be is experiencing blessing. As we follow the story, we see that sin ruins this. Sin disrupts our way towards blessing. Sin is a turning of our own faces away from God. Sin is banishing ourselves out into the wilderness. Now, for those of you who have been attending Living Hope throughout the summer, you'll remember, hopefully, uh, that we did a series in Genesis chapter 1 through 11. 
And one of the repeated themes that we had was humanity entering into sin and then experiencing a wilderness of sorts. So we have Adam and Eve, when they take the fruit, they are banished out of the garden. Then you have Cain being banished once again to be continually wandering, to experience wilderness at its essence. And then we finished with the story of the Tower of Babel, where at the end, people are scattered, experiencing a form of wilderness there too. Each one represented a distancing from God, a continued turning away. We had that, that theme where the beginning of the story started with grace, and then we had sin, judgment, and new grace. But that final story did not finish with new grace. We just have the scattering at the end of Babel and the need for God to come to repair what had been broken, to bring back blessing that was woven originally into the fabric of creation. We need that new grace in the midst of wilderness. And we get a glimpse of that recovery in that very next chapter. So the Tower of Babel happens in chapter 11. Chapter 12, we have the call of Abraham, the origin story of Israel. And at the very beginning of it, what is central is the word blessing. God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God intervenes here with blessing. God comes to a world in the previous story that's scattered and interjects with blessing. And it's always God's intervention here that brings about his blessing in the midst of a helpless humanity. God turning creation back to how it should be. We have God turning his face towards creation here and giving it his peace. So when we get to Numbers, just a couple of books later, it's not a surprise here that we have God's blessing that is to be repeated before God's people. The people will be reminded from God, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, this is also a foretaste of the gospel for another reason. Um, when we go to the gospels itself, to the stories of Jesus, this is exactly how God continues when you look at who Jesus is. So when you see God incarnate, when we see what it looks like for God to extend his blessing, we get, to see, we get a good picture of that in Jesus, what happens when God brings his presence among us and turns his face towards us. And there are some stories where, in very literal ways, Jesus turns his face towards people. We have it in Matthew chapter 14, in the feeding of the 5,000. Right before that, we have Jesus saw a large crowd, and in seeing it, he is gracious, he has compassion on them, and he begins healing them. Um, in, in the beginning of last year, we, we looked at the Gospel of Luke, and in Luke chapter 5, we opened with this passage, with looking at Levi, who Jesus saw sitting in the tax collector booth, and Jesus invites him to follow him. Uh, the, the final example I want to bring 
is Luke chapter 19. This might be a familiar story for many of us, the story of Zacchaeus. We have this wealthy person who is an outcast in his society because he's a tax collector. But when Jesus comes across him, it says he looked up. So he literally turned his face towards him and invites him in. That story finishes, if you follow Luke chapter 19, with the words, Jesus speaking to Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. What Jesus is saying here is that despite this person's sin, despite his failures, this is one who carries the blessings that we just heard from Genesis chapter 12. This is one that carries the blessings rooted in the blessings of God. Now, Luke chapter 19 is part of this ascent towards the cross. Jesus goes from Jericho straight to Jerusalem, leading to the passion narrative. This is where Jesus goes to die, to defeat sin, and bestow on humanity the ultimate blessing that we can receive. We receive Christ's righteousness. We are clothed with Christ, and we have Christ's name written on us. God looks at us through the name of Christ. And the blessing anticipates that gospel. Look at how the blessing is framed here. It finishes with these words, so they, talking about the priests, the priests, in speaking the blessing, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. So through the blessing of the priests, God is putting his name on the people, and they repeat that name three times. You'll notice uh, the capital letters here. When it says the Lord in capital letters, it's referencing the special name of God, the, the name that was revealed at the burning bush. And that name is placed over the people. They are being reminded of whose they are. They are called to put the Lord's name on God's people. In the same way, when we do the blessing at the end, we proclaim the gospel good news of God placing his name over us. We proclaim it, that God sees us, that he looks upon us, and he is indeed gracious to us. Lastly, this one's a shorter one. We are blessed to be a blessing. We want to have the reminder that blessing is about mission. Blessing equips us into blessing others. Blessing is about God's great mission to redeem humanity. He blesses us, and this invites us into God's big story of redemption. Remember that passage, Genesis chapter 12. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, says God. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And we are called to do the same thing. The introduction um, I often use um, goes beyond what I had 
said in the beginning uh, that it is God's word spoken through the preacher to you here so that you can make a difference out there. These are words that we speak. Not, they're not just reminders to make us feel comfortable and happy that God blesses us, but these are words that send us out. Blessing equips us for whatever is ahead. We are people in the blessing who experience the freedom in Christ, and we are called to carry that blessing forward. So in summary, in a, bless, in a world that longs for blessing, we are called to recover the blessing inherent to God's creation through God's work in us. We are to be a gospel people who are formed by these words of blessing, hearing them over and over again. And then we are to weave the blessing into the wilderness wherever God calls us. So a question I want to leave you with is how might you be called through the gospel to weave blessing into the world? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these words of blessing that you set before us to remind us whose we are, that you promise in these words to rewrite the blessing that humanity has undone. And in turning away from you, that though we turn from you, you turn your face towards us, and as the radiance of your presence is on us, may it shine from us. Bring us boldness in bringing this blessing out the doors, wherever we go. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.